Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and blessings, and welcome to another installment of The Gist of Freedom and State. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author, Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Hello, this is Leslie Gist, and you're listening to The Gist of Freedom. Um, we're currently broadcasting from www.blackhistoryblog.com or blogtalkradio.com backslash black history. Tonight we're going to be discussing voting rights and uh, voting in general with activist Miss Stella Antley. Are you on the phone, Stella? Yes, I am, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, this is your second time on, so we had a great time last time you were on. Uh, And tonight we plan on doing the same. Tell the audience briefly who you are and what we discussed the first time you were on the on our show. Okay, very good. Um, the bio that I sent you, basically it's a pretty lengthy, but uh, most currently I'm advocating on behalf of uh, slavery. I have a slave holding me that lived to be 111. She's my great-great-grandmother, and um, she's holding me in a rare five-generation picture uh, with my mother, my mother's mother, and her mother, and her mother. Um I received uh, the Connecticut apology from slavery from the Connecticut General Assembly last year in August. And since then, I've been trying to tour with the apology to uh, let people know uh, that there has been an apology for slavery issued in Connecticut. I was always of the opinion that slavery happened in the South and the North fought to free us, but actually there was slavery here during the 1700s, 1800s, 1600s. So it's very, very important that we know that some states are trying to do a contrition, but uh, until they put some kind of recreation, words are kind of like ashes in the wind as far as I'm concerned, but I appreciate that first step of atonement. So that's what I do, uh, I advocate on behalf okay. of uh, recreation. Wow. Now that just uh, really explains why you're so adamant and why you're such a lobbyist for voting rights, because you're, you're connected to your ancestors. And so you really understand the importance of So tell the audience about, you know, why you feel so strongly about voting rights. And you're at the polls currently, right? 
Yes, I am. They let me get out. Uh, I've been here since 6 this morning, and uh, I've always been a pro worker, and I work my way up from post standing, door-to-door registration. And I do all this because the slaveholding me could not vote. And they gave their lives and freedom, and, and this country has the blood and bones of our ancestors so that we have the right to take things for granted, which voting is one of the things that, unfortunately, African-Americans just do not participate in quite as, as actively as they do, say, Christmas, and they're paying for the gifts till next year, and Thanksgiving, they've got the biggest turkey and the 4th of July. But in terms of voting, we kind of like a, a, a soothsayers, and, and that's where we have to stop, because that is our only power base. We don't own very much in this country, but we do have the power to vote, and we take that for granted. Could you explain the citizenship, the citizenry about voting? Why is it important how and how it is connected to being a citizen of this country? Well, if you look at if you look at our past and, and how they tried to keep us from voting, as well as women, um, the suffrage movement movement for women came about when they were trying to help blacks um become free and uh, after that happened uh, the black male wanted to vote and the white woman was saying no you cannot give the black person the right to vote before we white women have the right to vote so there was a splintering of, of the movement uh, voting is is just it's it's so important and that's why it cannot and should not be taken for granted uh, the republicans have millions and billions uh, but we've got the numbers. We out um, number uh, ratio-wise, a Republican seven to one in this country. But when we just don't show up at the polls, then they win by default. Uh, I've worked over 20 years at the state capitol. Um, you know, from grassroots organizations. I didn't give much of my bio, but I've always been in politics, and I like to say I took her her roots from the cotton fields up to the Connecticut capitol. So if we vote. Um, we can have our roads paved, we can get better housing, the infrastructure jobs, but when you don't vote and, and you're looked at as though you're just, you know, a social, you're just using up social services, you're not paying any taxes, and they're not going to care about your community. Uh, I was just recently in Harlem where I spoke for Juneteenth, and, and that's another holiday we don't even seem to know about Juneteenth. Uh, we need a national mm-hmm. movement to make sure that the day that they freed slaves in 1865, June 19th, is observed just as much as, as Martin Luther King Day because it, it's when the, the chains were, were taken off of us. So when I was in Harlem, I was talking to some community activists. Uh, they saw my display in the uh, slavery memorabilia, and the apology for slavery, and they embraced me. And, you know, Harlem, it's not very easy to get embraced, but they did welcome me, and uh, they said, you know, we're we're losing Harlem. Our brownstones are being taken away from us. Uh, whites are coming in with money and buying them. from. I can't believe, as long as we've uh, been in Harlem, that we don't own those brownstones. So, again... If you don't vote, and they showed where there were no cameras on their streets, uh, one child had been stabbed, her nephew, there was no video of it because they don't even have cameras. So when you're not a voting block, you don't have power, you are a constituency of none. Right. And you're just not going to get the services. Right. And it goes back to that three-fifth clause, which uh, really demonstrates exactly why voting is important, because uh, the numbers, the census, could you explain how gerrymandering in the three fifth clause and you know well gerrymandering well they're they're now going back to uh, voter i d they're trying to 
uh, bring back Jim Crow, uh, especially in the South. And, th- and this election is going to speak to that. If the Republicans take over, they're going to bring us so far back as far as the achievements of the March on Washington. Uh, why is it that we just still have a Voting Rights Act that has to be um, every 25 years? You know, it should be a, a for, it should be a voting rights law by now. And we just Correct. finished I'm, I'm hearing. I'm confused with that too. I'm very confused. If you're a citizen, you don't need a voting rights act. We're citizens, and it has to be ratified. Yes, it's for just for blacks, though. And 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 we're we seem to be okay with that. I don't know what's going on okay. uh, when when it. Thank you very much, nor am I. Uh, and I've always said it should not be an act after all these many years. Johnson did it, and it's a wonderful thing. But, but you know, uh, this, uh, it's just a deluge of things that I could, could speak on. But um, mm-hmm. this uh, voter ID is just another form of Jim Crow, as far as I'm concerned, uh, trying to keep us out of the polls. And, of course, we get a little intimidated when you start wanting to see ID and, you know, we may have records or a reason why we don't want to go to the polls. And it's just kind of intimidating people. Uh, the Cox Brothers with their billions, uh, they're buying this election. I think it's a great book that people should try and read called Dog, Dog Whisper, uh, Dog Whistle. Um, politics, dog whistle politics, and it's basically um, using um, semantics to turn middle class whites against uh, lower income blacks, and it's just a dividing, a widening of the um, the disparity in this country between the uh, the wealth gap, and no one seems to care. And if we don't want to vote then they win by default. Like tonight, I don't know what, I'm just very afraid. If we lose the Senate, I've told people on my uh, Facebook, we might as well get the chains and the shackles back and put them on ourselves because if we give the Republicans, and I'm noticing also that we seem to give, uh, they seem to take back after we do all the work. If you look at, um, if you look at the Bush dynasty um, uh, when Clinton, or if you just look at how the Democrats flip flap and back and forth, there's a Republican that get, puts us in a deficit, Reagan and then Clinton and then Bush and now uh, Obama, and we bring it back and we get a balanced budget, and then they want to turn it back over to the Republicans. And it's just a vicious cycle. And unless someone stays in office long enough, the Bush had a, a monarchy, I like to call it, but they didn't help this country. Uh, and someone like Obama, who's only been in uh, two terms, trying to undo 24 years of Republican rule. It took 24 years to get us in, in the physical cliff that we were on. The whole world was about to go under. And they're getting ready to bring these people back into Washington. So I'm kind of like giving, I, I mean, I've been in politics all my life, working at the state capitol for the Secretary of State, uh, various uh, uh, legislators and senators. So I've been in the fray. I've been in the trenches. Uh, I just recently was um, gifted with tickets to go and see my Michelle Obama because of my advocacy and my volunteerism, but I'm I'm saying I'm moving to to Canada if if the, if the Republicans because how can anyone? I hear you. What, I'm, I'm you talking have to about remember twelve to, years ago. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I already I bought my I got my passport <laughs> when oh, um, yes. Palin when Palin decided to run. Oh my! I said, yes, I was, I was at the I. I went and got my passport, my entire family, within 24 hours from the time she announced she was running. I said, if she got in, I was moving out the country. And I feel the same Amazing. way. Amazing. Um, I feel the same I way like right you, now, Dad. 
I like what you said before when we did the interview, basically, around the slavery. It was just about the slavery and the apology for slavery. Uh, but you said something about maybe getting dual citizenship. And I've been I've been um, using that um, catchphrase a lot of my speaking engagements because I think we do need something like that. But I, I can tell yes. you that uh, out of uh, absolutely, and uh, President Obama, we allowed the Republicans to to rape this country and let the banks and the housing market just plunge in 24 years, un, unabated, unchecked. But they give the Democrats mm-hmm. a few years. Oh, well, you got to go. You're not doing. If Obama had not done, I mean, we it's just a, it's just amazing to me how soon we seem to forget. And uh, his poor hair has turned gray, and all he's asking us to do today's election is really a referendum on Obama, and 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 the Koch brothers and all the millions and billions that they have spent on this election, an off-season election. Uh, they are just hoping that apathy will set in and blacks will not vote or they'll forget about it. And I've been out here since 6 o'clock trying to, you know, wave signs in the street and then make phone calls and, and all of these things. So um, Wonderful. Uh, Stella, Nancy I'm with Pelosi, with, the, with the president. I, I'm watching him age it is rest- and I'm getting sick to my stomach every time I see how fast he's aging. And if I was Michelle... He would have quit a long time ago. We would have quit. I'm sorry, but I mean, I, really, you're right. I mean, you know, it's it was too much. You know, people jumping over the fence. Um, it's just a oh whole yeah, lot. And total I know, disrespect. <laughs> oh my God, yes. I don't know how he's doing it. I'm praying for him, and I I can't wait for this uh his term to be over, and then he can go back to some sort of normalcy. Um, okay. I hope that that you know he goes and enjoys his life with his family as soon as this is over, because it's stressing me out, to be quite honest. Well, you know, if... I if, love Obama. If he, he... I think that this country needs to do um, mandatory voting. I mean, this is just... Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, and this is just a premise, but, we, you know, paying taxes is mandatory, uh, having a Social Security... Why can't we make people vote? Because... Folks are getting in office just by default, just because 500 people didn't show up. Well, it's the freedom. No, we're too free in this country. So too liberal. And I think that's why you cannot, you know, you need to be required to vote and um, tie it to social, your your check, your whatever, these wealthy, the, the food stamps. I don't care what you tie it to. But people should not have the option of voting or not voting. You should be required to vote. And if the Republicans, um, get back in uh, well, well, before you jump be, before you go to the next subject, let me chime in on the voting um I'm with you first of all, they have too many days different days of the year to vote. It should be one national holiday where we vote for everything across the board um I like that. all these yeah it, it should be a national holiday. everything should shut down, and okay. we should concentrate on voting and okay. as you said. As far as um, uh, requiring that people vote, it's not the voting that really matters. It's the candidates. We should get more involved with choosing these and selecting the candidates. Uh, hold on. I'm glad you brought up Canada's because I just did a thing on my Facebook page, which people can read uh, on the Slave Holding Me is the name of my Facebook page, Slave Holding Me. Mm-hmm. And I, I do a lot of um, 
I do a lot of speaking out about voting, and basically I said it doesn't matter what the candidate's name is. This is where they delude, they get you all caught up into the personalities, or he slept with Monica, or he drinks too much, or he was caught with cocaine and this, that, and the other, or he didn't pay his taxes. We don't want to know the. I don't even care what the candidate is. You're either a Democrat, which is a party of the disenfranchised of the poorest of the poor. Everyone's under Mm -hmm. our umbrella. You're yearning masses, breathing to be free. We've got them. But the Republicans, you cannot... I live in the state of Connecticut where our governor has gone is about to go back to prison for uh, um, for improprieties, but he was thrown out of office, went to prison uh, because he was a poor Republican. You cannot uh, vote Republican unless you are very, very rich. You cannot be a Republican. But Democrats, middle-class Democrats, like to feel that they're Republican material. They vote. You know, and you'll never see a Republican voting for a Democrat. They just don't switch. But we uh, we will vote for it. And, and I think that's another thing. If you're registered as, a, as a, a party, then that's how you have to vote. Can't go in flip-flopping and I'm registered. We don't even know where our numbers are anymore because we well, have numbers. Well, with the Democrats, I have to tell you, I'm in a Republican zone. And the Republicans are much more vocal and visible than the Democrats. And it saddens me because I know that um, Barack Obama got in because of technology. He was His presence all over the Internet was, you know, astonishing. Oh, yeah. I mean, you... you and the young voters, his, absolutely. Right, right. Savvy. Mm-hmm. You remember the mm-hmm. Obama girl? The Obama girl put him on the map. When she hit YouTube, she was a YouTube sensation. And that's how um, Obama really got recognized between him, between um, the Obama girl and Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook. Um, he really blew up. But it seems mm-hmm. as though none of the Democrats are following his footsteps. Instead, I have an old a Republican man, he's past his 70s, and, and I mean old, I mean really old. Um, I don't want to send anybody that's in their 70s. But I have an old um, politician running, and he's on my phone uh, having um, conference calls. He's extremely visible, and his presence is always there when it comes to technology. I don't know who's running against him as far as the Democrats, so when the Democrats call me up the last minute, the last day or two days before election, I tell them, who are you? You know, I ask them, rather. No, 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 no. But, darling, I have to counter that. You cannot, it doesn't matter who they are, what his name is, how old he is. (laughs) He's either, if you're a Democrat, you're a Democrat. If you're a Republican, you're a Republican. And you have to vote your party because that's why these Republicans are getting in because Democrats are voting for them. And then I worked in the state capitol long enough to see the middle class come to the state capitol. After we elected Roland, I was office manager to the man that ran against Roland, uh, uh, Terry, Mm -hmm. who was Bill Clinton's. a, fine, a, a physical person. Bill Clinton came to stomp for him. He said, this man helped me bring the budget back up for the, the, the nation. These middle-class people put in the Republican governor, and when he came in, Bill Clinton, Bill Curry tried to make them him say during their debate, tell them what you plan to do if you get reelected. He refused to do it. Three days after he got elected, he showed them what he was going to do. He raised taxes. And all the middle class people, one woman said, I just got laid off from my job and I voted for this Republican. And I can't even put my Christmas tree up. I just bought this house. I can't make, I just got laid off. I understand. Off. I understand. But you have so, to you know, we cannot afford. Yeah. Well, one second. Yeah. You have to admit, though, we have too many, what do they call themselves, blue dogs or blue something, where the Democrats 
or like sheep Red table, blue clothing. Page? No, oh, they yeah, call yeah, themselves. Yeah. They call themselves. Um, what are they called? Blue dogs. Right. All right. Blue dogs. Where they're they are in democratic locations and they look like a Democrat, but every vote that they um, pass is for the Republicans. They're not even for Obama, and yet the Democrats don't even the other Democrats don't even let us know how these blue dogs are ruining um, and obstructing everything that Obama is trying to do because they don't support him. Okay. So that we need to know that book dog whistle politics. That could come out of that book talk with some politics. Well, one thing about it, um, you will not see a, a Republican uh, voting for it, but everybody wants to be rich and famous. I get that, and the, and the Republicans are the party of the rich. Our Republican mm-hmm. governor went to prison because he was a poor Republican, and he could not okay. afford all those Cuban cigars. No, they they put him in prison. And uh, Bill mm-hmm. Curry could have been the best the guy I was office manager for. He lost the election. Why? Because everybody wants to be with the rich and famous people. And that's what the Republican mm-hmm. Party represents. Um, oh. It's not a people party. And, and unfortunately, uh, Spanish in, 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 in Puerto Rico, the Republican Party are the good guys. So they come over here and they think they have to vote Republican and we have to uh, re-educate them. Um, it, it's just a lot of things going on. Some people are advocating having a third party. Uh, I think we mm-hmm. already have that with the Tea Party. But we don't need to be splitting votes any more than we just need to get the vote out. We need to have a mandatory voting day. It is required, just like paying taxes. Uh, all these people getting elected just because uh, people didn't show up. Um, uh, and then every four years, they, we, we're not getting anywhere because once, if the Republicans get in, then they're going to change everything that poor Obama did. And then the, right. when the Democrats get in, then they're going to undo. So well, where are we going with this? I got a it's quick really question for you. Fannie Lou Hamer, yeah. you mentioned a third party. Fannie Lou Hamer, she tried to start her own party. Um, could you just tell us more about Fannie Lou Hamer? I am not familiar with that name. All I know is the Tea Party. Fannie Lou? Old. No, Fannie Lou from the 60s and the 50s. Fannie I'm, Lou Hamer? No, I'm sorry, okay. I'm not. Okay, no problem. All right. I so, was a um, little young during the 60s. Okay. 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 But, um, we'll pass with the, on that question, but tell us exactly what have you been seeing at the polls? I've been uh, kind of stuck or here or at my – I've been work- – uh, okay, we don't have any exit poll numbers uh, here in Connecticut, Hartford. There's a big debacle going on because uh, City Hall didn't open on time, so now Foley is, is crying uh, that he wants uh, a, another election here in Hartford. Uh, you know, you have a same-day registration where you can register and vote on the same day, but our, our City Hall did not open on time. Uh, I work for the Secretary of State. That falls under her auspices, so now she's in trouble. Why weren't the doors open on time? Um, so the governor is thinking about calling a del- uh, extended voting uh, past 8 o'clock tonight. I don't know if that's going to meet fruition because, as I said, I'm still here at the polls. And we're just getting a little staggering information. Um, exit polls, I-, I think it's too early to call. Uh, it's a national mm-hmm. uh, uh, election. So how are things going on in, in New York? I mean, um, I know mm-hmm. Charles Rangel. I've worked with him through the years. Um, he's, mm-hmm. he's a sweetheart, but I'm he's been trying Jersey. to get that. Oh, okay, but I'm your show's out of New York. Yes. Oh, okay, my girlfriend well, lives in Brick, New Jersey. Well, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm very afraid. I, I'm very afraid that um, but we may lose. I think they're going to pick up some seats in the Congress, and, and we may lose the Senate. 
Um, if that happens, uh-huh. I'm telling people, go and get the chains and the shackles and put them back on yourselves because we will go back into slavery. They have dismantled everything we march for. We're marching backwards. Then I get on to my uh, rant about civil rights, and I mix it all together with slavery, and it's just a whole hot pot of Stella is just very upset. And um, mm-hmm. uh, the black-on-black crime, and nobody cares about our sons, and we're killing each other faster than the white person. There's no synergy when, when Miss Mary's son gets killed, but Al Sharpton is on TV as soon as someone white, but we, we, we're okay as long as we're killing each other every night. And, and this has got to stop. You know, mm-hmm. this has really mm-hmm. got to stop. And the kids are just yeah. not involved. They're so... Okay. Let me get a question here. Let me get a question. Okay. Ferguson. Ferguson, and I Mm -hmm. asked the same question um, to the um, NAACP out of Riverside. They're useless, but go ahead. Mm -hmm. And I asked them, you know, are they going down to um, St. Louis and recruiting these young activists that are out there day in and day out? trying to, um, you know, get change uh, and justice for uh, Mike Brown. And they said, no, mm-hmm. there's no no national movement. And I'm wondering, you know, as a group, and you know your history, and usually things like this with Mike Brown and all these chokeholds and uh, police brutality, murders, usually this is some sort of a revolution that's in the midst. And I'm wondering, what do you think about how do you train these people, these young men? And I love that they're they're young men. How do you get them involved in a more formal way and constructive way? What would you do if you had a chance to be down here with them for a month, especially a month before this important election? First of all, when you mention Ferguson or you mention Young, but we have got to stop killing ourselves before we want to have this synergy. I mean, we have a real synergy when everyone's in a white uh, blue moon, a white person, and 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 it's it's unacceptable. I get it, but it's always mm-hmm. in the nature of the beast that the white person. We 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 have actually literally retired. I, I do poetry. My stage name is Ex Slave Solitude, and 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 basically, mm-hmm. uh, we retired the KK. I mean, I have one poem mm-hmm. called drive, uh, Mo Drive-Bys in Kentucky Fried. Uh, the NAACP is useless as far as I'm concerned. The only thing they want to do is hold dinners and stay out of the fray and uh, have membership drives. Uh, Urban League, I mean, where are they? Uh, Al Sharpton, uh, Jesse Jackson, they don't fly in unless it's a white shooting. Uh, we can have 10 murders here in Connecticut today and no one cares. So, I think we need to start uh, by what I call the above-ground railroad, um, of the underground railroad for Harriet Tubman. We need an above-ground railroad. When I spoke in Harlem a few months ago, uh, I spoke about that. And we need to return to the south because now the north is the new south as far as I'm concerned. We need to get back to the dirt, raise our own food, go to the country. Uh, what our forefathers came up here for, it no longer exists in the north. So uh, in the like south, you've got your HBCs. Right, but, but you, you got sound your like Michelle black Alexander. Michelle Alexander <laughs> said the same thing that there needs to be an underground, an uh, overground railroad, uh, above, and one above ground, uh, one that will embrace, embrace the young men who are getting caught up in this uh, prison system. And I believe oh, the that prison the young plantation. People, right, right. But I believe that the the prison system and the police force are all all one, and so is the black gang. Violence. I think that 
they're all part of the same gang. So there's no difference between a white a white police officer murdering a black child and a black child murdering a black child. They're all part of the same gang. They're being um, they're getting their guns from these police departments who are allowing them to first be put on the streets. So it's all one. There's no two separate uh, gangs there. The same well, people you are know, killing the black children. Blacks in the South are living behind gated communities. They're going to historical black H, uh, HBCUs. Uh, they've been there getting educated. Uh, they, they, you know, uh, you know. We once upon a time we had our own hospitals, our own black doctors, our own schools, our own black teachers. Our faces now are all whites. We're not seeing anything uh, that uh, we can emulate, and the black children can look at. And we have no community. I'm buying collard greens and dinners from some East Indian people. We don't own anything. We own nothing. And and uh, when you don't own anything, you have nothing to say. So as far as I'm concerned, we need to return to the South. I'm a product of the South, North Carolina. Miss Stella, that I had a guest on who's educator, a professor, and he said nobody wants to open up any more chicken chicken um, spots and, and any more these small mom-and-pop businesses. He said he put his children through college so that they can work for corporate America and make real money, you know. <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. Well, and this is what, and I'm not, I'm telling you verbatim what he said. He told us. Well, let me just is, share a, a anecdote. That, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, there's going to be a time. There was this uh, anecdote that I was told once at this big uh, CEO meeting. I was attending a stockholders meeting, and the guy got up, and he said, you know what, we all send our kids to private schools, much like this guy said. He said, we all want our kids to be doctors and lawyers. How many of you here want your uh, son or daughter to work at McDonald's? And, of course, they are. They're millionaires. They're looking at each other. Are you crazy? You know, I went to Ivy League school. Of course, what do you mean McDonald's? He said, there's going to be a time where even if you wish your child worked at McDonald's, they're not going to be able to. Okay, there's a great book called Dishwashers Trained Here. There are no more jobs for minimal, you know, computers are displacing PhDs. What chance do we have? Our kids, they're not writing, they're texting, they don't know how to spell. White kids can text their fangs, fingers off, and I bet you they have encyclopedia. My point is that the black people who are in a position to revitalize black neighborhoods like Harlem, the ones who have the money, they don't invest in their own people. They don't want to be associated with Sylvia's. They'd rather go to Red Rooster. They don't yeah, want you're to right be about connected. that. Yeah. They, they do not want, the people who have the money do not want to be associated, not just with slavery, but with other blacks who are trying to make it. I asked one um, a person who has the, the money to, to open up a, um, a credit union and has the, the knowledge. He said, I'm not going to open up no credit union. You, you can't mess with those people. They ain't going to give you your money back. So there is Okay, but listen, there, there are things have, called have enterprise not. zones. Well, we have what's called an enterprise zone here in Connecticut. I worked for the senator. It was the first federally recognized enterprise zone in the country. It was the most blighted here in Windsor Street. Okay, um, right. you get tax credit. They've got Chinese people now in the north end of Harvard. But one thing you're right about, we will not patronize our own uh, stores. We will say, oh, the prices are too high, but somebody white can move in and prices will be tripled and we'll shop there, no questions. I don't know if it's the, um, what do they call them, um, Willie 
Lynch syndrome. I don't know what it is about we don't want to support each other. Okay, I get it. But who wants to spend 12 hours in a white uh, hospital waiting to be seen and you feel like you're visiting, you forgot where you even got there? We need to have our own mm-hmm. communities. We need to have our, like the Native Americans, just give us our 40 acres time, all of us. I'm saying that we need to leave this country. Uh, segregation has not worked. Integration has not worked. So let's try separation. We don't need this country for anything. Right. We are the consumers right. of this country. We do not believe right. in long-term gratification producing. because we're no we don't know if we're going to be here the next five minutes. So we don't save. Right. We spend, spend, spend on $100 sneakers. So let's go back to, to the days of um, of uh, segregation. I mean, we can have well, our own well, black hospitals. Just, let, me just bring this, let me just bring this to you. Magic Johnson is one of the few um, multimillionaires that has invested in Harlem. And when you said nobody uh, owns anything in Harlem, we have enough millionaires to invest in Harlem. Oh, he's investing in Harlem because he sees that it's going to be uh, up with mobility. Was he investing in Harlem 20 years ago? Oprah is investing in South in Africa, and everybody's investing everywhere but in their own communities. I'm just saying we don't need to eke out any more. We're we're crowded in ghettos. It takes 1,200 square feet for a person to develop psychologically normal. We don't have that in the ghettos. The white kids have it in the suburbs, 1,200 square feet to develop psychologically, and they wonder why we're kicking and screaming and killing each other. All I'm saying is is that we need to separate from this country. Uh, They've made these prisons profit-making. There was one girl in there. She just had truancy. She said that she was crying. She says, I don't need to be here. All I did was miss school. They had this girl in chains. They're getting paid for every warm body that they can arrest in this country. And I say that if we don't turn out and vote tonight before 8 o'clock, you might as well go and get your own chains and shackles and put them on yourself. Now, there's also a new show out that I am asking blacks to please, on behalf of the slave holding me, and because I say we need to do it, because I have been mm-hmm. too long, from, you know, it's called Orange is the New Black. How dare them expect us to product, uh, to make fun of our black, 65% of our brothers and sisters in prison. And orange doesn't mm-hmm. know what they're saying is blacks are the new orange, okay? Mm-hmm. And and we right. need to, to to boycott the advertisers, and then these women can go. And the mothers of these kids that are getting shot need to hook the Newtown mothers here in Connecticut. They just marched across the Brooklyn Bridge. They just got seven point five million dollars. I'm trying to. Let's push as much into this interview as I can. But there's just a little bit of stuff that needs to be done. Right? But we need and to. You have enough time. Go back to Newton, the uh, Sandy Hook. Slow down and talk about Sandy Hook and death. Okay, how much time do you have? The Sandy Hook mothers have have the world Mm -hmm. stage, as you all as you know, but their Mm -hmm. children got shot all at one time. Our boys are getting shot every night. They would not have a problem with the black mothers, uh, which I call mothers against the mayhem and murder. Mama, which is a poem I made up. Mama, mothers against the murders and mayhem. If we painted signs and walked with those mothers of Newtown, they are on the world stage. They have the sympathy of the world, and we need that same sympathy for our brothers and sisters, but we, first of all, need to stop shooting each other, because it's, it's okay if we call each other nigger, it's okay if I call you nigger, but if a white person calls me nigger, then there's a fight, it's okay if we kill each other every night, but if, now come on now, since Trevor Martin got killed, I, I bet you 50 kids have died at our own hands, but not one person have I heard speak on these kids. Mm-hmm. So that's how they brought us over on the slave ship. One black 
in chains at a time. And we have the funerals, we have the shrines, we light the candles, we write the R.I.P. You know, I've just had it, you know, and I've been in the fray all my life because of the slaves. Mm-hmm. She couldn't vote. I worked at the state capitol. Uh, you know, I, I'm just trying to, you know, my hair is natural. I never put the perm in. I didn't care how it looked. Now naturals are beautiful, and I'm glad of that because I'm tired of people staring at my nappy hair. But um, <laughs> I've always tried to represent. And all I'm asking black people to do today is, it's not 8 o'clock. If you have not voted, they even have a, a law here in Connecticut, and I think it's national, where you can register. If you're not a registered voter and go, on oh, I'm not right, you can go, and they will let you vote tonight. You can register that and vote on the good. same night. It That's is wonderful. Well, it's been great talking yes. to you, Michelle. And we're going to have you back on. I want to learn Thank more about you. God bless Sandy you Hope. for having me. This is important. Thank you so much. Yes, you're, you're a great guest. And, um, you always come through, and I want you back on to talk about Sandy Hook because that's important. And Dr. Davis, and, um, oh, yes, my best girlfriend lives there, uh, May Schmidl. She's state rep. She's a uh, state rep there. Uh, and uh, Dr. Davis, Sidney Davis, said to tell you hello. He's in Africa right now. Wow, tell him I said hi. And maybe we'll have I him certainly back will. on his trip. Okay. Well, he was again, the one that referred me in the first place. God bless you all. Okay. All right. And get out there Bye-bye. and vote. Vote, people. We vote, will. Vote. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.